Hi, and welcome to the Get Richer Teacher podcast. My name is Ola, and I'll be your guide and mentor on your way to a profitable, sustainable, but most importantly, enjoyable language education business. And why would you care to do that, to build a business like that? Because there's literally no other way. The language education market is in a bizarre state. Companies making millions in profit yet paying teachers peanuts. Native speakerism is still way too powerful. And finally, the students are bored of the same old formats and messaging telling them to speak like a native. I'm here to shake things up, to educate and motivate a community of teachers who have the courage to build businesses and teach the language on their own terms, both solo or in their own language schools, and have a positive impact on their students and the world. Because teachers are superheroes. Let's claim it today. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Get Richer Teacher. So I've decided to put in a lot more energy into recording this podcast and to make it into this evergreen resource that's always there, always out there. I have been recently so tired and sick of social media. So I've decided to put much more effort and energy into content that actually matters, into content that has always received great feedback. And hopefully this podcast can grow even more. So my, the thing I wanted to ask you for a favor today is if you can share it with your teacher friends, with your language nerd friends, people who are trying to build businesses in the language world, then I would really, really appreciate it. Today, I've got a special story. It is a little bit of a fresh start for me this September. And so I wanted to start with going back to the basics and tell you all about how, why I understand what you might be going through and how my journey started. Okay, let's dive in. So when I think of the beginning of my journey, which was basically, when was it? 2020, I, I think that was it. At the time, I had been working as a manager in a language school in London as an ADOS, Assistant Director of Studies, for nearly two years, and or more than two years, actually. I'm lying. Yeah, two years. Yeah. So I had also just qualified as a CELTA trainer, and things were going really well up until March 2020. Anyone remembers that time? I was about to go to Sicily with my husband and my son and our friends. It didn't really go to plan. Um, instead, what, what happened is that my manager, my DOS, and the manager of the school said, okay, we need to start doing something. We need to help our teachers transition because we'll probably have to teach online. As we know, the pandemic hit. Nobody was prepared. And... I don't know if I ever mentioned that, but it kind of, I volunteered to do it, but also it kind of became naturally my role to help people transition to the online world. I didn't really know much about it, but because of my personal history and like, I don't know, being able to adapt quite quickly, I learned the ropes of online teaching I taught myself basically in a couple of weeks and I delivered some training to those teachers, which was super fun. It just showed me that there is so much potential, so much, so much, so many opportunities. And it was just great, brilliant. 
I worked in the school for another couple of months. And then I think around April or May, when everybody was deep in the pandemic state and everybody was stuck at home, and obviously there were challenges of that, I started feeling this, 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 this feeling, this weird, like, I think it's time to change. I think, like, I genuinely, genuinely believe that the pandemic was a massive wake up call for everybody, for the whole world. But from my perspective, it was this push for change to ask for what I really want from life and to create a situation where I can thrive, where I can be myself, where I can use my strengths and my expertise and my experience. And it, it just felt so right. So at some point in spring, maybe April or May, me and my uh, colleague, we started thinking, plotting about opening our own online thing. At first, we, we didn't really know what it would be. So at first, we started with like a blog for teachers. We were both CELTA trainers, so we were really passionate about uh, teacher training. And we started posting a lot. We had a freebie. We had lots of free webinars, lots of free Facebook lives. Like It was really going well. The community was growing. People were really interested because, you know, people needed that kind of advice. At the same time, my job, which I was still doing full-time, just started to feel very strange. So I started feeling like, well, I, I couldn't use my potential. I had always known that the admin side of the job was extremely draining. And I started like, I started feeling that there is, there was something possibly wrong with me being in that position, in that role, in that job. So while there were definitely some amazing opportunities there, met some great people, but I kind of knew it wasn't for me. I also started suspecting that I just think in a different way, that I just work in a different way, and I, I just can't comply. I can't obey the rules, not because I'm a rep. I mean, I am a bit, I guess. But also because I just, I, there, is, there is just something different, not wrong, going on in my head. So the same year in the summer, I seeked my sort. <laughs> ADHD diagnosis. Uh, so I started getting interested in that for the first time. Then, so it all kind of started. It was like a big snowball of, of things happening one after another. In April, we had our blog. We had our, so from on the professional side, we had our blog. We had our community that was growing. And very soon after, we thought about starting an online school. And it just felt right. It just felt quite easy, to be honest. Yes, I agree that everything was focused on the online world, but it wasn't only that. It was also about us having very specific skill sets. So we very, very soon found out who we wanted to work with. It was, it was all the things that I still teach. So we basically used our strengths. We divided the work. So it so it made sense for us to do certain tasks. We delegated as soon as possible and we found our ideal people. And finally, we used what we had. So I had access to an amazing pool and a community of people who used to work with me back in Poland when I still used to live in Poland in 20, 
15. And I just got in touch with them. And that's it. And that's how it all started. We got our first clients. Then we started posting a bit. We started like being active, building our presence, building the school. Sooner or sooner rather than later, we realized, okay, we, we like at least me, I can't teach. So I very soon realized I, I just can't teach. So I taught maybe for three or four months on a part-time basis, but it was, it was really draining. So when I now speak to language school owners, it's, it just baffles me. It just, it just, it, it makes me think because I remember so well those times when I still had to teach. At the beginning, obviously, the workload wasn't so bad, but it soon became so draining and so impossible. It felt like putting out fires every day that I had to give it away. And yes, it felt sad because like I best knew how to teach and train. I had managerial experience, which like became handy, but I, but I also had to teach myself, train myself how to do it, how to be more effective, how to create systems of communication between me and the whole team to make it work much more easily. So the systems weren't complicated. They were simple, but I had to work for all of us. We weren't expecting miracles in the first year of the school running. We also at the side were still running the blog for teachers. So it was all like, as you know, the beginnings are just so messy. You don't know what you want to do. So around autumn 2020, I realized that it was going so well that we had to hire six teachers. Yeah. At some point, we hired six teachers. They weren't working full-time, obviously. They were more employed on an hourly basis, but it worked for everybody because they still worked for other places as well. And like, well, I did feel kind of like I can't offer God knows how much because we couldn't afford it. I was transparent with some people. And obviously, there is friction. But as a manager or as an owner, you kind of have to deal with that or learn how to deal with that. I like to think that every decision comes with an acceptance of some people, some things going wrong and saying no to some things. So for example, there was, there was one decision that I would say that was the most challenging and it was hiring a close friend as an employee, as a teacher working for us because it created way too much pressure and it probably wasn't a good decision. I tried to be transparent with what we could afford when it comes to hourly rates, but it still ended not very nicely, I have to say. However, there were so many successes there. We worked with some very specific people. We had, I don't want to say a specific method, but there was something that definitely made us stand out. There were people inquiring about our lessons weekly. I would say at least two inquiries. Sometimes they led somewhere. Sometimes they didn't lead anywhere. There were obviously lots of people who wanted just cheap classes and for whom we were a commodity. They were just comparing us to others. But there were also people who were genuinely committed. There were people who really were a joy to work with and who continued and who wanted to do more of what we were doing there. So it worked really well. We managed to experiment with a few programs, with a few different ways of teaching and organizing the classes. 
So we really, really, really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed the managing part because it was, it was hard to hire people that you could trust. And definitely there was, there was a point at which I had to say to some students that I used to teach, Hey, now somebody else is going to teach you. And I have to come up with arguments to kind of back it up for myself, but also for those people who started to like me, started to trust me, build some sort of a bond with me, who started improving their language skills and all of that. So it all came with a very, very unique set of challenges, but it was also extremely rewarding. And I genuinely believe that that's what led me to opening my business in its shape and form that it is now. Because you may or may not know that I ran the school for a little bit over a year. And then it was 2021. It was spring. And at some point, I think in May 2021, I decided that it's time to move on. And it was a quick decision. It was just, again, this gut feeling, this this knowing that I was called to do something else. And it wasn't because the school wasn't working well. It wasn't. It was just because I think back in 2020, I just started listening to myself more. And that's what I teach again, to listening to yourself. I don't think there is anything more valuable. And even when I work with my own coaches, they still repeat that to me. Like you can ask me questions. You can ask for my opinion, but it's still you who actually knows you just need a confirmation or some sort of a reaffirmation of what you're thinking, but it's the answers are in you. And I deeply believe in that. So I have given the school away to one of my teachers and it kind of continued in a, a different shape. And I just moved on to being the Ulna coaches teachers. And it, I kind of find it funny that two, more than two years in of my business, of my current business, I suddenly realized it's not sudden. It's not sudden. Pro- I promise. I realized that it's time to also put what I learned as a language school owner in its full capacity to use. And we can definitely help language school owners. So if you are a language school owner and you're listening to this and like you are struggling to find students, you're worried to, you know that you probably should hire someone else in order to be able to focus on your role as an owner. And you're worried about this summer, depending on where you're based, obviously, but I think in many countries, the summer months are like this worry big monster that just is like, how are we going to survive? What are we going to do? And people do come up with very creative um, solutions, but I think it needs system as some kind of systematizing. So we experimented with so much stuff that it just, it's just a thing that I can now pass on. And like, why would it stay in my head if I can use it? So if you want, are that kind of person, you also need to know that it takes a lot of courage and it takes a lot of intentional action to embrace your role because there is definitely some evolution to it. I, from my experience, 
so many people start language schools as from the place of passion, from the place of I'm a teacher, but I know I want more. So there is this deep feeling that they want more. They want something bigger for themselves, for the world, for their students, because a language school is not a small enterprise. It's no longer just you, right? So you know it's in you, but sometimes it's hard to embrace it. It's hard because there are no people to, to exchange your ideas with. Very often, competition is not really great to talk about this kind of stuff because people just compete with each other. But I believe it can be done and I want to help as well. So I'm obviously super committed to helping teachers, but I believe that language school owners are teachers at heart too. It's just all connected, isn't it? So it just felt, feels super, super natural to like carve out some space in my coaching world, in my, in my offers, in my, in my attention, in my content to language school owners. This is, this is definitely something that just feels right at the moment. So that's, that's it. That's the whole story. I would say that my biggest lessons from it are still the lessons that are relevant to teachers. And I think the most important would be those three. Number one would be messy action is much more valuable and much more important than any sort of plan or strategy. I would say that if I hadn't taken messy action, the school wouldn't have brought profit, profit. And I wasn't paying myself much, but mind you, again, I only ran the school for a year. So it had so much potential that my accountant, when she was giving me the numbers for the next year, the, the, mm, what was possible financially for the next year, the cast was so positive. Honestly, it was, it just said that with this at this kind of rate it would only grow so if i hadn't taken messy action it wouldn't have been possible another thing is that trusting is that deep that trust that deep knowing that number one you're a teacher so you know what you're doing you understand what people need to achieve their language goals so it's both embracing that role and finding the strengths in it but also understanding that in order to be a language school owner, you need to become this, like, come to terms with this new identity. I don't want to sugarcoat it. It was probably easier for me because before opening my school, I had been a manager, right? So maybe the transition was just easier. But it doesn't mean that it cannot be changed because I also had to embrace my new identity when I started my job as a manager. And it was hard as a 27-year-old who was managing a team of teachers, native speakers, everybody who intimidated me, but it can be done. And the third thing was an intention to build a strong community. So... A language school is not just a place of providing service. It's a place and a great opportunity. And doesn't matter whether it is online or offline, a brick and mortar school. It's an amazing opportunity to create a beautiful educational hub where people can thrive. Not only those customers, those people that you teach, whether they are kids or teenagers or adults or, or older people, whatever. It's an amazing opportunity 
to actually make a change. I believe that, so if you're a freelance teacher and you ever thought about opening a school, why not at some point? I believe that you can have a bigger impact if you have a, a school, a bigger business. It might not be for you, which is fine. But I genuinely think that building a, an intentional community is key. Alrighty. So I hope this has been helpful. Again, I'm just going to say it. If you are a language school owner and you are wondering how the hell to figure it all out, how to become a better version of a CEO, basically, of your own language school, how to manage your team, how to set up your systems and simplify it, how not to put out fires every day, how to work with people who, um, or how to create systems that deal with people who are a bit more high maintenance, like it's, it's obvious there will be people like that, then please reach out. I would love to help. Thank you so much for being here with me today and I'll see you in another episode. You know what, teacher? I'm so proud of you. If you're listening to this, you are ready for a change. Whether it is to quit hassling for peanuts or working with other people who don't respect you, I know you've got it in you and my podcast is here to help you do that weekly. To be reminded of new episodes, sign up to my newsletter. It's in the show notes. You'll also receive lots of tips, support, and special offers. I'm committed to supporting you also via my coaching programs and courses. You can work with me in my flagship programs, the Rocket Takeoff or the Rocket Accelerator. The Rocket Takeoff will take you off the one-to-one teaching hamster wheel to more peace and more well-paying students. The Rocket Accelerator will help you finally launch a group class that will be perfect for students that are a joy to work with and so you can leverage your time and do what you love while having space to breathe or read another self-development book. If you're a language school owner, I've got things on offer for you too. Simply go to my website, olakowalska.com to check them out. Finally, please share this podcast with your teacher friends, rate it and subscribe. I'm your biggest cheerleader. See you next time.